Hello, my friends, and welcome to episode 14 of The Daily Run Through the Book of Titus. We are in verse 6. We've been talking about um, how Paul told Titus to appoint elders in every city as I commanded you. In verse 6, he says, If a man is blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of dissipation or insubordination, for a bishop must be blameless, a steward of God, not self-willed, not quick-tempered, not given to wine, not violent, uh, etc. And so we, last couple times, we talked about if a man is blameless, and we talked about the husband of one wife. And so the next one, he says, having faithful children not accused of dissipation or insubordination. And so one of the questions you have to ask yourself is, what do those words mean? <laughs> because uh, I don't know about you, but I don't go around using the words dissipation um, a whole lot. But I definitely would say insubordination. I know what that one means. And so um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull this up here in uh, in a couple of different versions of the Bible. And so, uh, like in the ESV, it says um, his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. And so when it says having faithful children, it's not, uh, it doesn't appear to be speaking of like his children are faithful to him, but rather that his children are faithful to the Lord. His children have faith. They believe in Jesus. So why is this important? Uh, that, uh, you know, that as a, as the pastor of the church or whatever, that his children are faithful and not accused of dissipation or insubordination. They don't have a charge of debauchery. They're not, um, they're not out there carousing um, and being uh, in rebellion against their father. And this is one of those things that I think for a lot of people, this is uncomfortable because we, um, we don't want to hold people always responsible for their kids because we know we know that kids they have they have a choice. Kids will do what kids are going to do, and I think that there's something here that's important to understand that that when he's talking about the qualifications for a leader, the, the family is the first thing he mentions. Right, he is of good reputation. He's the one woman man. His wife is first. His children are faithful. And one thing that I have witnessed, and and maybe you have too, is that this is a challenge. This is a challenge for church leaders. It's a challenge to be a pastor's kid. Um, I have three of them in my house, um, and there's a there's a challenge there. Now, I heard somebody say one time the following phrase, and I think it's I think there's there's unfortunately truth to it, and that is this: ministry is a great place to hide. Ministry is a great place to hide. Now, if you've never been in ministry, this might not make much sense to you. But for a pastor, it's very easy to hide out in ministry. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, uh, you have a whole congregation of people to care about. And so you can focus your energy. You can focus your time and effort onto those people. The people that don't live with you, the people that have their own family situations, their own their own problems, and I think for a lot of us, because of our our upbringing, maybe because we have been raised with a work ethic, we take our job very seriously, 
Um, I think that for a lot of Americans, that's a big thing, you know, your work ethic. And then there's this problem, though, where our work follows us home. And for many pastors, they can use this as an excuse to not deal with the problems at home. There are a lot of pastors who get themselves into all sorts of trouble because they don't deal with their own issues anymore. They concern themselves with the issues of the people in their church. See, if I can focus on your problems, if I can focus on what you need to do, if I can focus on all the things that are going on in your life, then I don't have to focus so much on mine. Now, is that the case for every pastor? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. There are many, probably most pastors don't do that, but there are some. There are, there are many that do. And so we have to be careful. You know, if you're, a, if you're a pastor, a, you know, one of those important things to do is learn your, learn your message before you preach it. Don't preach anything you're not willing to put into practice. You know, and if there's something you're not willing to put into practice and you're getting up to preach, like, oh, I can't preach on that because I'm not willing to put it into practice. Well, you better take a big step back. Examine your, examine yourself again. You see, because our families, as pastors, our families go first. If we can't shepherd that little flock, how are we going to shepherd a larger flock? If the people that live with me, I can't take care of, how am I going to take care of anybody that doesn't? You know, my, if my life is not such that it impacts my children in a way where they say, yeah, I want, I want what my parents have. Well, why would anybody outside of my family want that? Now, there is a time, of course, where your kids are going to make a choice. And so I think when we talk about this as far as qualifications for an elder, there, there may be that church leader who has an adult child who has walked away, who has an adult child who's rejected the faith for whatever reason. I don't, I don't necessarily think that disqualifies them. I know, I know people that have disqualified themselves because they feel that way personally. But I think when we're talking about their children, I think the, the big thing is in, in their home. Is their home in order? Is their house in order? Before they're trying to put the Lord's house in order, make sure their own house is in order. You know, it's one of those things that as a pastor, a former pastor, this is one of those things that I, I had to make sure that I did was keep my keep my family situation first to make sure my kids got what they needed from me before other people's kids you know, got what they needed for me. And, um, and I, you know, I used to make jokes with my church, you know, about, you know, I love you all, but I love my kids more. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and, and I think most people understand that, you know, they, but, but again, it's one of those things to be careful about and, and not just for pastors. I think people in general, it's very easy to get caught up in what, what's important in your life. Um, and forget what's really important. You know, as a parent investing in our kids, it's very, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in all sorts of other important things that are not nearly as important. You know, the daily job, the vacuuming, the chores, the things around the house, the accumulation of stuff, whatever it is, it's so easy to let the lesser things take the place of the important things. And I know that's happened to me. I'm sure if you're a parent, it's happened to you where you recognize, you know, oh man, I've let, I've let my life get out of balance. And so I think that's what Paul's telling Timothy here is make sure you get a guy who's got that in balance, who has the maturity enough 
to recognize the importance of his marriage, the importance of his children, before he's placed in a position where he is ministering to someone else's family. Make sure his family, has, that he's got it together. So anyway, uh, as I've said before, you know, as we read these, don't just read the stuff and think this is the standard I need to hold my pastor to, but think about, you know, this is the standard I ought to hold myself to. You know, why, why hold a pastor to a higher standard than I hold myself? I don't think you can go wrong with that. God bless you. Talk to you next time.